A Christmas message this morning may be a little different than you might normally be used to, but I think it's uh, a message that's filled with hope and filled with joy, which was what Christmas is all about. You know, isn't following God and following God's call on our lives supposed to be easy? Isn't it supposed to be uncomplicated? Isn't it supposed to be unpredictable, or is it? It should be more predictable. You know, I, I think the Western church, Americans, for example, we have this idea, uh, a wrong idea, that if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, man, we've caught, crossed this threshold into a life that's going to be perfect here on earth. We crossed the threshold, all right. It's the one in heaven that will be perfect, but this life here on earth is still not going to be perfect. We are going to have problems. We are going to have difficulties. We are going to have troubles. There are times when life just doesn't make sense. And that's the title of my message. What a Christmas morning title. When life doesn't make sense. I think when we as Christians, and again, when I say Christians, you know, part of the world has such a, dip, most of the world has such a different mindset about what it means to be a Christian and to live as a Christian than we do here in the Western world in America, for example. We have this idea, we kind of, we kind of sanitize and romanticize a lot of what we read about in the Christmas story. I mean, we look at the Christmas story and we can think of this sweet young lady giving birth to her first child, a son. We think of the beautiful little baby in this pristine manger setting with the animals around them, wrapped in swaddling clothes, just perfect. Everything's so beautiful. Everything's so right. I mean, how couldn't it be, right? Because it was God's plan. It had to be perfect. But it wasn't perfect in the sense that we would think. There's much in the story about Mary and the prediction or proclamation that she was going to give birth to a child that really would fall into the category that when life does not make sense. And we're going to look at Mary and in this story a little bit today, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to point out at least four things, and you could maybe find way more, that I think we can learn from the story of Mary and the visitation from Gabriel the angel. So I'm going to read first, and these will not be on the screen. Hopefully this is scripture you're kind of familiar with. If not, it's found in Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 26, my reading. But I want you to know, just before we get to this prediction to Mary, we read about a man and a woman named Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is a priest, and Elizabeth is a relative of Mary's, and she's old. They're old, way past childbearing years. In fact, Elizabeth had been barren her whole life, no children. And God had spoken to her and to her husband that they were going to have a child. And we hopefully maybe understand and know that that child that they were going to have turned out to be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So we leave that story. We find out that Elizabeth is pregnant. It tells us that she kind of it uses the word seclusion in a lot of translations, makes you think she went and hid. I think that word would be better understood that she spent those first five months just praising God, giving God glory and thank you for what he is doing in her life. 
taking this burden of being a barren Jewish woman off of her. And then it comes to verse 26, and it shifts to Mary. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now when it says the sixth month, that's referring to Elizabeth. She is in the sixth month of her pregnancy. It says, Came to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I have not known a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then it switches to Elizabeth. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. The angel is still talking to Mary. He's telling her something that she didn't know. It says, in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of your Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were laid, which were told her from the Lord by the angel Gabriel. God had a call for Mary's life. His will was that she would become pregnant as a virgin and give birth to a son who was going to be the Savior of the world. A unique call, to say the least. we got to step back for a moment and think about this because when we read the story, we kind of forget maybe the circumstance and the person being involved in the story. Most of you maybe understand Mary was young. Depending on the historians, she could have been a young girl of 12, maybe to 16 or 17, probably in that 13, 14-year-old range. She was betrothed to a man named Joseph. And that betrothal is different than compared to now. It's not exactly the same as an engagement. 
It was everything had been accomplished in the relationship between Mary and Joseph except the marriage ceremony, the bride coming to get or the groom coming to get his bride, and then consummating the marriage. So for this this betrothal to be ended, it would require a divorce. That's the only way it could end. And she's hearing these words as a young teenager. You're pregnant. You're going to give birth. You're engaged. You live in a tiny little town called Nazareth. Can you imagine what the people are going to say? I'm only a teenager. I've been good all my life. I've been faithful to my religious teaching. I've been faithful to my betrothed to Joseph. I'm a virgin. I've done everything well that I knew to do well. And here you are coming to me with this news. I've got to face Joseph and tell him I'm pregnant. I've got to tell my family I'm pregnant. Can you imagine the humility in the community? Everywhere she'd go, people would be whispering behind her back, gossiping about her, giving her looks of condemnation. What is good about this good news? This call of God in her life was going to bring many, many, many challenges, many problems, trouble, unpredictable. It was going to be hard to be obedient to the call of God in her life. She understood, because of her Jewish upbringing, as a betrothed woman, young girl, to be pregnant would be looked at as adultery because a betrothal was like being married. And she understood the penalty for adultery at its very best would be a divorce. Here she would be, a young teenage girl, pregnant, now divorced. But she also knew it could be way worse than that. Because the Jewish law allowed that someone who commits adultery could be stoned to death. All of these things could have been in her mind when she's hearing this message from the angel. We don't know what she was thinking. We know she was frightened. The angel said, don't be afraid. Trying to picture in my mind what this young girl would have been doing when all of a sudden this angel shows up. Changes everything in her life forever. It wasn't all going to be smooth sailing. And we need to understand that Remove the Western mindset from our Christianity and realize when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and we choose to acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior and we choose to be obedient to the call He has on His life and we choose to be obedient to His Word and try to follow Him faithfully, we are going to experience difficulties, challenges, oppression, opposition, all of these things will likely come our way. A life of faith following God is not always smooth sailing. A lot of danger. And all of a sudden for this young girl, Mary, who probably kind of had things figured out, the two families had gotten together, agreed they'd be married, she was betrothed to this man, and she was going to get married and live happily ever after living in Nazareth in all likelihood. Raising her family, everything was good. 
But God had a different plan, a completely different plan. All of a sudden, her life would not make much sense. So I'm going to look at four things through this scripture that I think we can apply to our own lives when life doesn't seem to make sense. Because there are going to be moments, if you haven't experienced them, you will, when it doesn't seem to make sense. We are living our lives as a Christian. We love the Lord, and we want to follow him. But boy, oh boy, there's a lot of problems, a lot of roadblocks, a lot of things that are challenges to our lives and to our faith. The first one I want to point out to us comes from Luke 1, verse 28. When life doesn't make sense, God is with you. God is with you. The angel, almost some of the very first words from his mouth were, Mary, God is with you. And when God calls us to something, he makes us a promise. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to leave us. He's going to be with us always. He will not forsake us. God is with you. But that doesn't mean things aren't going to get difficult. The very next verse, in verse 29, it says, Mary was greatly troubled. What was she troubled by? We don't know exactly. She was probably troubled by this angel showing up. She could have been easily very troubled by the message. And she could have been really troubled by all of the implications of what she's being told about being a virgin who's now pregnant and going to have this baby who's going to be the eternal king. Troubled here is a strong word. It means greatly agitated, greatly troubled. She's not just a little confused. And again, reminding ourselves of her situation. Who wouldn't be troubled by some of this? And, you know, we don't see it in in Luke, but we see it in Matthew. When she went to Joseph, now imagine, switch from Mary to Joseph. And this woman you're in love with, this young lady you're in love with, you're going to get married to, comes to tell you she's pregnant. And you know it's not by you. And she gives you this crazy story about the Holy Spirit and an angel. In Matthew, we see very clearly in Matthew 1, verse 19, Matthew wasn't buying it. It tells us there in verse 19, he says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and you did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was not buying it, according to Matthew's gospel, until an angel showed up and talked to him. And then he got it. He understood. Responding to God's call, being obedient to his call. Matter of fact, the Bible Bible stories themselves show us in many, many cases, many cases, that the more faithful and the more obedient they are to the call of God, the more risk and more danger and the more opposition they faced. We can look at story after story, and it's like, what in the world happened here? You know, just think of some of the things that we can maybe remember quite quickly, even some find the Christmas story. You know, because, because Jesus was born and came to earth as a man, Hundreds of babies were slaughtered by King Herod. What the heck? Makes no sense. John the Baptist 
lived in the wilderness, preaching a message of repentance, faithful to his relative Jesus, preparing the way. He gets arrested and he gets his head cut off and served up on a platter. The apostles, the apostles followed Jesus, walked away from everything, and yet all of them but John died a martyr's death. The idea that everything's going to be perfect as a Christian doesn't cut it. It's just not true. The difficulties can arise. But God's with us. Second thing, and it'll go quicker here. When life doesn't make sense, choose trust over fear. With all Arissa becoming pregnant, all the fear welling up inside Mary, she said yes to God. I'm your servant. I am your maidservant. I am your bondservant. I voluntarily surrender my life to you to do whatever you have proclaimed I am going to do. In verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. When life doesn't make sense, we need to simply trust over fear. The enemy will come with fear to steal our faith, to steal our confidence. We are to trust over fear. The third, when life doesn't make sense, have a proactive faith. What does that mean? What do I want it to mean? Having a proactive faith. When things are going bad, a person with proactive faith doesn't let fear paralyze them. Instead, they consistently and persistently choose to pursue God, to pursue His presence, to pursue His will. Proactively, no matter what happens, I'm going to seek You, Lord. No matter what happens, I am going to fulfill the call on my life. No matter what happens, in the midst of the storm, I don't let fear creep in. I I say, okay, Lord, what? What is it you're doing? What does you want me to do? What is it you're teaching me? It may be as simple and profound as this. Just draw close to me. I just want you to draw close to me. That's all I want. Proactive faith trusts God and that he will overcome no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Mary had a proactive faith. She trusted God. Knew he would overcome no matter what came. And the last one, I really like this one. The story of Elizabeth is thrown in here. And I think what we see here and what we can rely on as Christians, when life doesn't make sense, we need to look for evidence in the hope of God. We need to look back in our own life. When did God do amazing things? Starting with the day he saved you. All those times in our lives where we've been in these situations and God has intervened. Sadly, a lot of the time we don't even know he did. We just think, well, that worked out. God is with us. Don't fear. Take proactive faith. And then look back to these things. And I think that might be part of the reason this story of Elizabeth is so tied to the the story and the prediction to Mary. Elizabeth was barren. She was old. Impossible to have children. And the angel tells her and gives a news report to Mary. Elizabeth is pregnant. Yeah, I know she's old. I know she's barren. She's pregnant. The plan of salvation, Mary, 
is already in process. The miraculous is already taking place. You just don't know about it. She hears about this pregnancy, and the angel says, with God, all things are possible. And there are times when we feel so overwhelmed that we just think, well, there's no way. All things are possible. And I believe we can see here that what took place with Elizabeth was like a deposit of seed faith for Mary. It tells us it was a six-month. Mary, Mary, it says, goes in haste to visit. And she says she stays there three months. So she stayed there almost till the birth, the way it looks. And she saw this with her own sight. And then she gets a report when she, she walks up to, uh, to Elizabeth and going to greet her. All of a sudden, she gets this amazing report. The baby in my womb jumped for joy the moment you said hello. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. How could the Lord's mother come and visit me? All of these things that Mary's hearing had to be just growing her faith for what she was about to face. And I know and I believe that in every one of our lives as Christians, if we would take the time, we could think back to those amazing things that God has done in our lives, where he's protected us. Maybe it's these divine connections. Maybe it's when he let you meet your spouse. Maybe it's when you had children and you weren't supposed to be able to conceive. Maybe it was financial issues. The maybes could go on and on and on, and we can look back and say, yes, God, you were there. You moved. And they'll give us the faith to go forward. And just like with Elizabeth and Mary, I think we can also gain encouragement from the reality that what happened in our life can be shared with other people and it can be seed faith in their life. You know, sometimes the best opportunities to minister are from those times in our lives that were at the moment some of the worst times of our lives. And we are able to share and speak into other people's lives that their faith might grow, that they can get through those dark valleys that they're in. You know, as followers of Christ, we should be so encouraged by the Christmas story and by every aspect of it. I mean, you may have never looked at the life of Mary and this part of the Scripture the way that we're looking at it today, but I am so encouraged because I know there are moments in my life when I have said, this doesn't make any sense at all. But we can do like Mary. And remember these four points, that God is with you. If he has called you, he is with you. Think of the people that have responded to the call of God to go to mission fields in foreign countries and maybe been martyred for their death. Think of all the Christians in other parts of the world that hardly dare say the name of Jesus publicly because they could be thrown in prison or stoned or killed. But Jesus is with them. He is with them. Choose trust over fear. Some of us have a real challenge in this area. The enemy is good. Why is it so difficult? Why can it be so difficult to live out our call and the will of God in our life? Let me tell you an answer to that. Because the world and the prince of this world hates the will of God. He hates it. 
the world and the prince of this world. If you take those steps to be obedient to God's call in your life, the enemy's not going to like it one bit. And the more faithful you are and the more obedient you are, the enemy's going to attack. Now, that should not be discouraging. That should encourage us that God has got a plan for our life. Have proactive faith. When things are going wrong, going wrong in our life, things are falling apart in our life, we're going to trust that no matter what, God's going to come through. He's going to come through. We don't know what it looks like, but He will come through no matter what. And remind yourself, take some time to meditate on those things in our life where God has accomplished amazing things in our life. And lastly, share those things with other people. Share those times. When you see someone in one of those situations, be willing to just share yourself. Don't invade, but take the opportunities that, the guy, that God gives you. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your word, the story of your birth, the life that Mary led as an example, even as a young lady, a teenager, the things that we can glean from her example. God, the same Holy, Holy Spirit that came upon her lives in us. Father, I pray that when we go through those challenges, we remain faithful to the call of God in our lives. We remain, we remain faithful to following your will, no matter what the cost, knowing that you're with us and that you will overcome. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.